It's a Northwest Lifestyle Weekend on Como News. Welcome to the Fast Lane. Nick Miles is our auto expert, so drop it into gear. It's a green flag. Here's Nick. On board for this week's show is Ryan and Jen, and uh, I have been traveling this week, guys. I spent the whole week in the southern part of the United States. I started off for two days in um, Austin. No, started off for two days in Phoenix, and then the further two days in Austin. So Phoenix, uh, we went to drive the new Audi RS5, which is very cool. An extra member of the uh, Audi family for the fives. It's the sporty, amazing performance version of the car. Um, this is definitely something that you should be looking at if you're having a midlife crisis. But I would also tell you that it's not a car for somebody who wants to have their backside nice and comfortable sitting in traffic going to work. It was developed on the Nürburgring in Germany, uh, which means that it's extremely sporty. It's fun to drive, a little uncomfortable, if I have to be totally honest about it. Uh, not exactly the most comfortable vehicle that I've ever driven in, uh, but it is a great performer. The thing that I thought was kind of strange is we didn't get to actually drive it on a track. When we get to drive it on a track, I'll have more about the Audi RS5. By the way, the weather in Phoenix was just not good. I was cold. Have you ever ever imagined anybody in Phoenix being, well, people that live there probably get cold when it drops below 80, but I didn't expect to be cold in Phoenix. And then the second part of the week uh, was spent in Austin with the new XC40, um, which we will we will talk to guys from both Audi and Volvo uh, in the next couple of weeks about these two new cars. But they have a really cool new piece of ownership, uh, I would say real estate. So so now they have something they're introduced called Care by Volvo. So normally when you buy a car, you have the opportunity to purchase it outright. You get a bank loan or you get um, something like a lease payment. They have a new idea for owning a car called Care by Volvo. For, so for $600 or $700 a month, you get that. Right, Jen turned to me and her face looked like, what, $600 a month? It better be the... It's the smallest car they make. But But wait, mm-hmm. but wait. But wait, you're going to like this. Okay. You get to buy the car, but all you pay for is gas. They cover all your insurance. They cover any kind of maintenance, even like windshield wipe blades, uh, tires, everything. What about parking tickets and speeding no, tickets? No, no. Because the cars are, you know, the car is yours. The tickets are also yours. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> so... Yeah, right. They would be in the red if they did that with Ryan. Uh, so they, they, you basically pay for everything. And then every 12 months, just like your cell phone contract, you get to change the car if you want to. Okay, that's get worth a different it. One. That's yeah, worth you it. can get a different one. So, uh, but Or at the end of 24 months, then you get to change the car. So it's kind of like owning a cell phone. So you get to trade it in for a new model. And it's actually, you own the car. The car's in your name. The insurance is in your name. Uh, you, you know, you own it. Um, I don't have many more details about it. But I'm sure we will have more details about it in the future when we get to talk to Volvo. But I think it's a cool way of owning a car. So you have to look at how much you spend on your car, how much you spend on insurance, how much you spend on uh, maintaining your car. Because the cost of ownership of vehicles is a lot more than the price that you walk out of a dealership with. And a lot of people don't realize that when they go to buy a brand new car. They never think about the cost of ownership. Well, Volvo already included all of the things like oil changes, services, those sort of things in that cost. But now everything else is included, you know, roadside assistance. Um, all you have to do is pay for the gas. And I kind of like that idea. You know, and if it gets damaged, you know, all those sort of things uh, taken care of to an extent. The insurance takes care of it wherever it's, wherever it's at. So I, this is the subscription-based 
I don't like subscription-based things in my life. I don't like to pay monthly for stuff. But we've paid monthly for cable. We pay monthly for internet. We pay monthly for cell phone service. Yeah, but you're going to pay monthly for a car anyways. Right. right. So uh, unless you buy it. it. Unless you're independently rich like you, Jen, <laughs> and you, are, you buy it outright. I just thought that was, that was cool. All right. Uh, what's on today's show? We're going to talk about the Kia Stinger. Uh, Eddie Ryan is going to be here. He is the senior product strategist manager or strategy manager from Kia. Um, Mark Gillis, my friend, friend from the UK is going to join us to talk about the new Jetta, which is coming out. We're also going to be talking to Nissan about some new movie associations which they have, and the crazy Anton Warman will be here. We get more of email on this show about Anton than anything else, and he'll be talking about the latest in autonomy, car investment, stocks. I want to talk to him about Uber as well, because SoftBank a month ago just bought 15% of Uber. There's a whole story there that's coming up. More Our Auto Expert with Nick Miles is coming up on Como News. Start your engines and they're off. Back to Our Auto Expert, Nick Miles. This is Como News. Well, they're a car company that is recognized around the world for a brand, not just being a car company, but they are one of the most recognized brands around the world. They jettison themselves onto the world stage. Uh, Kia is a car company mostly known for their amazing warranties, 10-year, 100,000 miles, but they're becoming known for just well-built, well-designed cars that are less expensive than the competition. So when the new Kia Stinger arrived at auto shows, everybody's mouth dropped because we didn't expect Kia to be producing what really looked like a performance four-door sedan. Uh, but it, it was produced. It's exciting. I've got to drive it. Uh, not as long, much as I want to because uh, it's very popular. Eddie uh, Rayan joins us on the phone. Uh, he's in charge of product at uh, Kia. Eddie, this car is something we didn't expect from Kia. It's not. It's something that we are really, really excited about. It's a vehicle that we showed in concept at the Frankfurt show about six or seven years ago and with overwhelming response. It's the uh, five-door fastback type vehicle, and it really uh, sets us apart from a brand that historically was you know, a more mainstream brand, but it really intends to show us where the brand is going in the future. So it really shocked the industry. It shocked many of my uh, colleagues as well in the way it performs, the way it looks, and we're really, really excited how it's been so far in the market. It is sexy. I will tell you that when I've uh, when I've driven it a few times, I've taken it around to TV stations around the uh, country, and when I've driven it to, to TV stations, uh, it's the first thing that everybody heads to. It's very eye-catching. But what, let's talk about what's under the hood because it's a great performer as well as being a good-looking, sexy car, right? Absolutely. The, it, our internal mantra is the car has to drive as good as it looks, and... With a 114-inch wheelbase, we have a lot of platform to work with, and it starts off with a front-engine rear-wheel drive platform with an all-wheel drive option uh, available on both the four-cylinder, six-cylinder, and starting with the four-cylinder, it's the two-liter twin-scroll turbo pushing out 255 horsepower, good for 60 miles an hour in under six seconds, and the GT trim, which features a standard twin-turbo V6, turns out 365 horsepower and 376 pound-feet of torque. Acceleration is really quick on this vehicle, our fastest car ever, at 4.7 seconds to 60 miles an hour. And that torque is available across the entire uh, 
power band. The second you jump on it, it really just puts you, puts you back in a seat and puts a, a smile and a grin on your face. Now, I understand you may have used someone, we're not going to name any names, but it's probably from another automaker. They are performance-oriented and German. <laughs> His name might be Albert Bierman, and he may have yeah, helped yeah. design this a little bit. He did. He was the head of the BMW M division, and I love M cars, and we were on, and they're really fantastic vehicles. His skill, his talent, his teamwork, and he really understands dynamics and kinematic suspension of the vehicles, and he worked his magic on Stinger. And it was, you know, when he first joined, um, there was a big learning curve for our side, the engineers at uh, at Kim in Korea, to develop a vehicle that is good as it looks. So German cars arguably are fantastic driving vehicles. We want to bring some of that magic uh, to our vehicles, and we have achieved that based on all the uh, different media outlets, our early consumer research we've done. And the vehicle, frankly speaking, it handles a lot better than even some of the German competitors. We've outdone a lot of German vehicles, both design and performance, acceleration, and, and handling and braking as well. So this car really sets itself apart in many ways. One more question, Eddie, before we go to break sure. here. Uh, this this vehicle is really hard to understand what category it fits into because it's a four door. I mean, it's a four door. It's a sedan, but it, it has it's that sort of fastback look. You know, there's a lot of cars like the VW CC that sort of fall into that category or the RTR now. But but where where does it? What would we call it? Do we call it a sedan? Do we call it a four door coupe? You know, is there such a We're thing as a fast? Go on. Well, fastback, you know, it's kind of a nebulous term, but our interpretation of that is really a five-door. So you have the four typical doors on the side plus the fifth door in the rear. And the rear allows you kind of CUV-type practicality. In terms of competitive set, there's a few other premium manufacturers out there more specifically like an Audi A5 and or, other, or something like an Audi A7. Dimensionally, we're much closer to an Audi A7 than, uh, uh, than an A5 Sportback. But this car is a fairly large vehicle, and uh, it holds its own in many ways. Eddie, when we come back, I want to talk about the technology the interior features and uh, how much this vehicle is going to cost and also what you find is your favorite feature about the brand new kia stinger keep listening nick miles our auto expert is moments away on como news 1000 fm 97.7 como news 1000 fm 97.7 jump right in and put the pedal to the floor our auto expert with nick miles continues well, we still have Eddie Ryan on the phone with us. Uh, Eddie is from Kia and talking about the brand new Stinger. Um, Eddie, we talked about the outside, the engine, and some of the features where the car fits and into what class. We should also talk about the inside because this is a step forward for Kia's design. Uh, the inside, it looks much more luxurious and much more sports car than Kia have ever produced before. Yeah, we've really put our heart and effort into the Stinger and all the t- components you see inside the vehicle were hand selected, including every single piece of leather in the vehicle were hand, you know, hand picked. We spent a lot of time ensuring this is the highest quality vehicle we'll ever built, including genuine materials. And some of the ways we achieved that is like features like hand stitched steering wheel, you know, that really handmade, authentic type feeling inside the vehicle. And I'm proud to say that we're basically at eye level with a lot of European vehicles. We did not skimp at all in this vehicle. And the seconds in the vehicle, you'll recognize the quality at every single touch point you, you see. One of the things that Europeans tout in their luxury cars, especially, is safety. Uh, you know, Mercedes have a lot of new safety features they constantly introduce in their vehicles. Did you come out of the gate wanting this car to be the same? 
safest it could possibly be? Well, our internal targets suggest that we, uh, they will have the highest safety rating. Those have not yet been announced or the vehicle has not yet been tested, but our targets are extremely high. And speaking about safety, you know, the latest level of safety features like blind spot collision warning or forward collision avoiding assist typically are reserved for vehicles costing uh, quite a bit more. We made these features available at a very, very reasonable price point. In fact, consumers can get the stinger with, for example, forward collision alert and blind spot detection at a lower price than any other vehicle in its segment. And it's really a testament of kind of the brand, how it's positioned. And the idea of being able to get a vehicle like this, a vehicle costing a similar vehicle from a European manufacturer costing two or three times more, making it available for a consumer to go out there to the dealer and buy one today. You don't have to wait another two or three or five or 10 years until your kids go off to college. You can get a world-class dynamic, world-class design and an amazing handling vehicle at a reasonable price point today. You don't have to wait for the future to realize your dream now. So we're re- this vehicle is positioned in a way that makes features, makes safety available and attainable to just about in everyone out there. Let me ask you a question. A rumor that we heard is when that Albert Beerman came on board with this vehicle, it was already in uh, in certain design stages, and he actually had you change some of the design features to help with dynamics. Sure, yeah, yeah. He, he put his fingerprints all over the vehicle, and one of the um, early on, he came in, and his his expertise really is dynamics. So he looked at the vehicle weight, the corner, like the, the suspension, and the way even the engines place. For early on, he took the, uh, the engine of the powertrain of the vehicle and put it three inches further back towards the firewall to make the vehicle more, uh, put the weight of the vehicle behind the front axle. So it substantially improved dynamics. And also in terms of suspension kinematic, he was able to tinker with the suspension in a way where it really received uh, benefit of the vehicle in, in amazing ways. Suspension geometry is a magic and a science of its own. I mean, everybody can see a five-link rear suspension. That's fine, but the way it's positioned, the way the geometry it works is where the magic of uh, Albert Bremer comes in. It's just an amazing uh, vehicle. Uh, Eddie Rand, thank you so much for being on the show today, and uh, next time My you have a, have a product, perhaps you can come on again and uh, tell us all about it. Coming up, we're going to find out about the car that every single person had in college. There is a brand new VW Jetta. Mark Gillies will join us when our auto expert returns. Como News 1000 FM 97.7. Our auto expert with Nick Miles will be right back. Our auto expert continues on Como News. Here's Nick Miles. Well, welcome back. As I promised, uh, we're going to talk VW Jetta um, and it's going to be difficult for everybody to listen to this because it's going to be two English guys talking about uh, VW Jetta. Uh, Mark Gillies is here. Uh, Mark, you, uh, you're you in, in charge of the PR team at VW and you have a lot of product coming in the next uh, year or so. We've already seen a couple. We saw stuff uh, revealed in Detroit. You had a new vehicle in Chicago. Uh, the, the one we want to talk about today is the Jetta. Uh, was there any college uh, students in America that didn't have a Jetta. I don't know about that, but I was on my son's campus recently in Southern California, and there were a lot of Jettas and Honda Civics. So uh, I think it's a fairly popular car with students for sure. Yeah, I, I do remember going to college myself, and there seemed to be an awful lot of Jettas there. It was sort of the staple first car for a lot of people. Uh, but this this time around, the the Jetta, I think seventh generation now, it's getting bigger. It is, yeah. The cars migrated onto what we call the the MQB 
platform, which stands for uh, Modular Transverse Architecture. Um, so it's got a little bit bigger. The wheelbase is about 1.3 inches longer, a little bit more interior room. Um, it's got all the nice benefits of, of the MQB platform. So it's got really good infotainment systems. It's got uh, driver assist systems that you know include uh, things like blind spot monitor. Um, we've got available adaptive cruise control and things like lane assist, which is an active uh, lane assist system. Are you bridging a bigger a bigger portion of the segment? Because originally Jetta was a solid, good four door sedan that everybody could get into for a reasonable price. Uh, it didn't have a lot of bells and whistles and frills but it looks like you've got quite a few trim levels coming to this new one so people can uh, can actually get quite a well kitted out jetta yeah i mean there's some some certainly some new features on the car for instance uh, it's got available uh, heated rear seats ventilated front seats beats audio system um, basically there's there's a lot of um, fairly upscale features in the vehicle. I think one of the things I, I noticed by looking at the pictures of it, uh, the new Jetta, which you could uh, you can go to ourautoexpert.com to see them, anybody who's listening, but it, it, it looks very different. It's very chiseled, but at the same time sort of retains that VW family look. Yeah, I think you know, there's one thing about Volkswagen design. I don't think it's like the most cutting edge always, um, but it's, as you say, there's a sort of classical sort of conformity to the front of the car. Uh, this one's got a bit more like a, of a coupe-like um, rear section, but they've managed to do that without losing headroom in the back, which is, which is pretty good. So, you know, aerodynamically, the car is, is pretty solid. It's got a, a coefficient of drag of 0.27, and that's most cars in the class are like 0.29, 0.31, that, that area. So um, very aerodynamic. Um, as you say, the front, the face is very sort of familiar to people who know Volkswagens nowadays. The car has standard LED lights all across the board. From the from the base model that starts at eighteen thousand five forty five, which is slightly less than the the outgoing model. So it's it's got so it's very recognizable as a Volkswagen, but it's a little bit more uh, swoopy than you're used to from us. One of the things that Volkswagen were uh, one of the first companies to do was introduce. Uh, I think you, you mirror link is what you have in your vehicles, but a lot of the technology where you could actually link the vehicle to your phone, uh, you could operate the vehicle from outside with your smartphone. Does this new Jetta take the step of telematics and uh, I guess infotainment to the next level? Um, basically, what it does is it it has the same infotainment system as pretty much all of our vehicles do nowadays. So we have something called uh, Volkswagen CarNet App Connect, which is a bit of a mouthful, but basically it enables you to link up your smartphone, whether it's an Apple phone or an Android phone or, or MirrorLink, which isn't so ob obviously so prevalent in the state, and it allows you to access app through the head unit and and. You know, for a, to a certain extent, you know, if you've got that um, and you've got a, a, an Apple phone, you've got an Android phone, and you can use Google Maps or Apple Maps, that's that's a pretty good inbuilt navigation system. You know, you've got the ability to to hear and make voice. Uh, activated text while you're driving as well, which I, which is quite a good feature. I've got 20 year old children who seem to not understand how to use a telephone, but they text all the time. So. <laughs> yes, pro probably a lot of uh, a lot of parents having the same problem as well. Mark, Mark, I want to take a quick break, but when we get back, I want to talk a little bit about uh, the interior. And uh, there are some uh, some pretty colours I, I see from the website that you can make the interior change. We're going to talk about uh, the design on the interior. Also, want to get down to the uh, the hardcore specs of the brand new Jetta. That's all when our auto expert returns. Stay tuned. There's more to come with Nick Miles on Como News. It's our auto expert on Como News. Here's more with Nick Miles. 
Still on the phone with us, uh, Mark Gillies, fellow Brit from VW. Uh, he's talking about the brand new Jetta that has just been released uh, to the public for, to see for the first time, but it's not quite on sale yet. Uh, Mark, I know that the last Jetta continued produ- uh, discontinued production around the end of last year, and I was thinking this one is actually available uh, March, April, sometime around there. That means there's sort of four months without any production. Uh, is there going to be a rush? Do we need to put our order in now if we want a Jetta? Um, I, it, I, I don't think that would necessarily be the case, but um, I think you, you, it's more if you want an old Jetta, you're going to have problems because we're going to be running out of stock fairly soon. So we actually we have a pretty good ramp-up curve on this car, so when the car goes on sale, dealers will have plenty of inventory. I mean, that's um, you know one of the things you do in the car industry or try to do in the car industry is make sure that when you have a brand-new car, it arrives into the dealerships with enough to satisfy you know what you hope is some some pent-up demand uh, let's talk a little bit about the, the numbers here for those gearheads uh, who want to know about uh, engine sizes transmission towing that type of thing so what are we what are we looking at not not that this is necessarily built for time but what are we looking at as far as engine choices so basically when the when the car goes on sale it's going to come with one engine which is our uh, 1.4 liter uh, turbocharged direct injection engine that makes uh, 147 horsepower and 184 pound-feet of torque, and that's mated to um, either a, a six-speed manual on the base model uh, or an available eight-speed automatic. Which is, you know, that it's a pretty efficient powertrain. You know, combined with the the good aerodynamics, the automatic um, gets. 40 mpg on the highway which is 2 mpg better than the the outgoing car and it's it's pretty competitive in terms of of, of mileage what about hybrid electric i mean the the platform was built with the possibility of going that direction i mean there may be no announcements but there's definitely a pathway for you there, there is, but I think what's going to happen with Volkswagen going forward is, you know, we've we've announced a pretty major uh, electric car I- initiative, and um, there's going to be a sort of separate brand of of electric vehicles which have got a completely different architecture with a with a battery pack under the floor, you know, a little a little bit like the Tesla model. Um, so basically, that's the concentration on electrics. Um, we haven't got any hybrids um, in the pipeline in the immediate future, but obviously, you know, that's something we're looking at. Um, and but an electric, full electric version of, of the jetty, you won't see that. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the interior because this is one of the most impressive uh, things. Uh, Jennifer's spent the whole interview uh, playing <laughs> online, uh, changing the interior colours. So you have LED lights that you can select different colours on the inside. Yeah, the, the lighting, the interior lighting is it's an available system and it's a customizable 10 color um, in, in ambient lighting that wraps through the doors and around the instrument panel. And it's quite a, it's kind of an upscale, pretty classy feature. And yeah, it, it makes the thing look really nice at night. The interior looks really cool at night. Uh, Mark, last question for you. A pretty substantial warranty coming with this vehicle, the new Jetta. Yeah, for all 2018 Volkswagens, um, with the exception of e-Golf, we have... Um, what we're calling the best-in-class uh, warranty. So it's six years or 72,000 miles, whichever comes first. But the, the the nice thing about the warranty and what makes it unique is that it's fully transferable between owners. Most companies, as soon as you sell the car, the warranty goes. But the, the great thing about this warranty is if you, you could be the third owner of the car and you still have the warranty. Excellent, Mark. Thanks for joining us today. Mark Gillies is from uh, VW and uh, talking about the new Jetta. When we come back, we're going to find out about Nissan and how they're getting into the movie business. Kind of strange, but that's coming up on Our Auto Expert. 
Keep your radio tuned to Como News. More Our Auto Expert is on the way. He's Nick Miles, and this is Our Auto Expert on Como News 1000, FM 97.7. Well, that's the end of the first hour of our auto expert. Thanks for joining us. If you want to have our auto expert 24-7 on your various devices, we're online, on radio, on TV. Just go to ourautoexpert.com. That's the website. And you can enjoy uh, seeing and watching videos, listening to previous shows, and reading articles about cars. You can also follow the hashtag ourautoexpert on social media. You'll find us on Instagram, Twitter, and the Facebooks. We're there with all of our auto expert information and entertainment. And uh, Jen is actually our social media coordinator. So she posts uh, about five stories a day, uh, of which you know you will be highly entertained. You do a lot of fun facts too. Yeah. Do you have a fun fact for us right now, Jen? No. Yeah, you do. <laughs> you do. Give us a fun fact. Come on, you got a fun fact. You got one hiding somewhere, Jen. I do, actually. Um, a Wrinkle in Time is a science fantasy novel written by American writer Madeline Engel. was the first published in 1962 and has won numerous awards. Excellent. That's all coming up when our auto expert returns. Como News. There's more to come with Nick Miles. Stay tuned. Our auto expert will be right back. It's a Northwest Lifestyle Weekend on Como News. Welcome to the Fast Lane. Our auto expert with Nick Miles continues. Welcome to Hour 2 of Our Auto Expert. I'm Nick Miles. In the studio with us in the show today is Ryan Hello. and Jen. And they are assisting me with various button pushing, which is what <laughs> both of them are really good at, by the way. You try and live with these guys or around them on a day-to-day <laughs> basis. Uh, the list came out of the most American vehicles. This is kind of complicated, but I guess uh, what it what it really is is the vehicles that have the most American components, where the top American-made cars are manufactured. And it's not by volume; it's which of uh, the car is mostly manufactured in America. Any guesses, Ryan? What's number one? What is Pennsylvania? No, oh, okay. <laughs> this is not Jeopardy. Okay, this is not Jeopardy. <laughs> it's our auto expert. And so what do you think the most American vehicle is? The Ford F-150. No, it's nope. not. In fact, uh, a liar. Da, 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 it, that's number six on the list. I'm a liar. Yes, that's what I do. <laughs> it has the most American parts. Is it the Ford Mustang? No. Is it a Ford? No. No. I don't think the Mustang's on here. The Mustang's not even on the top ten. Is it the Wrangler? Yay! Ding, ding, ding. It's a good thing that you're not in charge of anything important because it takes you three guesses to get it right. Is that the kidney? No, is this the kidney? <laughs> Do you know what number two is? Is that a Ford? No. no. <laughs> You've driven it. You love it. Is it a Jeep? Is yes. It's yes. still a Jeep. Yes. A Cherokee? Close. It's a Jeep, though. Yeah, but not a grand Cherokee. It's just a Cherokee. Yay! <laughs> Again, a good, good thing Lord. you're not a surgeon. <laughs> Number three is a Ford. Yeah. Is it the F-150? No. no. <laughs> That's number six. Boring. I told you that already. The most American uh, car, number three on the list, is the Ford Taurus. In Chicago, that's built, by the way. Is it still built? Yeah, I know, right? It I, is. We just on, had this discussion, don't you the remember? The Ford Tortoise. Yeah. I remember Tortoise? It. I didn't know it was still made. <laughs> Taurus, not Tortoise. Oh, sorry. It's not a well, uh, What Number four is is in Lincoln, Alabama, but it's not an American vehicle. Acura MDX. No. Uh, <sighs> 
that's the MDX no. isn't on the list. No, it's not on the list. No, no. come on. What's number four? The most American. Toyota. No. Okay, we driven it. It was black. It went up a hill. We may have made milkshakes in it. A Honda Ridgeline. Yay! Guy can Ryan can only remember what we you know like the crazy like videos we did. Number five is the Acura RDX, which is made in East Liberty, Ohio. The F one fifty. We already mentioned that. That's number six on your list. That's in Dearborn, Michigan, and also uh, it's made in Montana as well. Uh, Ford Expedition is Louisville, Kentucky. That's number seven. GMC Arcadia, number eight. That's made in Tennessee. Uh, number nine. Have a guess. The last two are both Hondas. Oh, it's not a Ram. I was jumping no. for Ram. It's no. a Honda. Yeah, two Rams Hondas. are made in, I think a lot of them are made in Canada. The Honda Odyssey. Yeah. Very good, number right? Nine. That was good. It's the first one you got right out the gate. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. I know that That's one. the brain. <laughs> Davis, Davis would be so proud. I know the other one. It's the Odyssey and the Accord. Is it the Accord? They're both made in Lincoln, Alabama. That's not the Accord. Is well, it the if it's Accord? It, no. it, well, wait. No. So wait, think about it. No, 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 wait, wait. Uh. Just back up a little bit. Back up. I'm going to help you. I'm going to give you some hints, right? Think about this. The Honda Odyssey is made in Lincoln, Alabama. That's number nine. Number 10 is also made in Lincoln, Alabama. So you presume it's the same factory, which it probably is, which means it's going to be a similar like vehicle. A pilot? Yeah! Uh, <laughs> oh, that was so much work. I think I, I probably oh, the ridge need... line, the pilot, the Odyssey. Uh, oh, God. Yay, Lord, Ryan. <laughs> I, I, honestly, I have to be seriously tell you, like, I'm exhausted after. <laughs> I think I have low blood sugar right now. Q bacon sizzling. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, there you have it. Uh, it's interesting that um, a lot of cars that we take as being Americans, I mean, I don't see Camaro on that list. No, and you would think that the there's only Corvette one, one General Motors on vehicle. I know. The only General Motors is that GMC Arcadia, uh, which is made in Tennessee. Well, the Envision from Buick is made in China. Yeah. All right, yeah. So we're so that's not on the list that's either, is it? No, I'm just saying there's a lot of GM vehicles that aren't even made in the U.S. So. Uh, there's not a lot. Some can, so a lot of uh, Fiat, Chrysler, Ram, and Jeeps are made in uh, Canada. Yeah. I think one or two in Mexico. A few in Italy. The Renegade is made in Italy. Does that mean it's a Ferrari-derived Jeep? <laughs> yeah. It is. It's a Ferrari-derived Jeep. When we come back, we're going to be talking about uh, more really cool stuff. We're going to take a delve into some uh, new movies that are coming out and have a car association. Plus, Crazy Anton Warman will be here. He's the guy who is the independent analyst and investor. He's going to tell us all about what's going on in the world of Tesla and other things. Stay tuned. There's more to come with Nick Miles on Como News. It's our auto expert on Como News. Here's more with Nick Miles. Well, one of the things you guys are familiar with is the Nissan Star Wars vehicles. We've uh, talked about them. We, you've seen videos of them. Uh, you've experienced the wonderful sounds they make. And uh, the Nissan car company uh, quite, quite really uh, showed off a lot of very cool vehicles at the auto shows this year, including uh, some X-Fighters and X-Wings and, and Rogues made into spaceships. And uh, the, the best thing for me, of course, was that they make a lot of really cool noise because when you're standing next to them you don't expect it to go um, I wish my you know my Nissan's out of the test fleet uh, did that Jerry Meadows on the phone with us talking about the fact that Nissan are, are branching out with more movies uh, Jeremy uh, a new movie coming out in just days from now is A Wrinkle in Time and that is uh, got another Nissan uh, involvement in it so how, how is how is Nissan involved in A Wrinkle in Time 
So Wrinkle in Time uh, comes out in theaters on March 9th, and Nissan's real excited to be a part of uh, the movie and and, uh, helping to bring it out to consumers. Uh, We actually were featuring the all-new Nissan Leaf, uh, not only as part of the promotional relationship that we have with Disney for the movie, but the vehicle is actually in the movie itself. All right, so this uh, initially Rogue made a lot of sense to be involved with Star Wars because uh, Rogue One and uh, Rogue of course, and then the technology in the last Star Wars movie. Uh, So what's the connection with Wrinkle in Time? Uh, There's a couple of them. Um, First, as you mentioned, uh, technology. There's a lot of science and technology that went into producing the movie, but as well as a lot of science and technology drive the story that's in the movie. Uh, So that's one part of it. The other one is uh, another central theme of the movie is about uh, progressiveness versus conformity. And uh, there's nothing more progressive than a all-electric vehicle, um, and that the one that Nissan built, which is the Nissan Leaf. And so we were the first to uh, make the best-selling electric vehicle, and uh, so there was just a natural relationship there between us and what the movie is also communicating. Now, of course, some of these technologies are pretty scientific that you have in some of the new vehicles. The ProPilot Assist, or we, we had it on the Rogue. Uh, so, so is anybody else doing this? Is this something that Nissan's doing uh, ahead of the crowd? Are you guys advancing these uh, scientific and, and these new car technologies uh, beyond what other automakers are doing? Well, the, what the exciting thing that's happening right now across our entire auto industry is we're all pushing the envelope of not only just doing technology for technology's sake, but doing technology that's purposeful and and it makes the driving experience better. Uh, for Nissan in particular, we, our philosophy is called Nissan Intelligent Mobility, and the whole philosophy of that tech, that suite of technologies is to help you to be a better driver so you can enjoy the driving experience better. ProPilot Assist is one example of that, where it actually helps you steer the vehicle and keeps you centered in the lane as well as start and stop and heavy traffic. Uh, but there's a lot of other great technologies that are coming in on LEAF. Uh, one of the other ones that are also exciting is called e-pedal, where you can literally drive the car with one pedal. Uh, and I have used the e-pedal uh, when I went on the Nissan LEAF drive. It's kind of cool. Uh, I kind of liken it to an electric train set where, uh, you know, you turn it up and it goes and you turn it back down again and it stops. Uh, except this is with your uh your you know your i guess with your foot rather than with a dial that you'd have it on the on the train set now at ces this year you guys had the b2v uh i guess suite of technologies on display which is the brain 2 vehicle where you could actually drive a car uh with your brain is that that's not in the new leaf is it no it's not in the new leaf but what's exciting about that is that uh, you know our engineers and our designers are thinking about new innovative ways to uh bring a driving experience to to consumers and and that one definitely was uh pushing the envelope, but pretty exciting nonetheless of just thinking differently about uh, how we experience and interact with our cars. Because a lot of times now, uh, you know, the car reads, uh, it, cars can read individuals, and they read the traffic around the vehicle. So they are actually assessing the situation. I guess the B2V makes a lot of sense because uh, our brains uh, know things about what we're going to do and how we feel before we actually do, right? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, it's uh, much like a computer, and our brain is the master computer. It's thinking far farther ahead than what our other senses can absorb. We're just starting to roll it out, uh, but again, as, as more and more vehicles get these over the next, not just few years, but next few months, um, as more and more of these vehicles come to market, uh, they're going to become more and more accessible to consumers. All right, when we come back, I want to talk, uh, Jeremy, a little bit about uh, future movies, because I know you have a few uh, up your sleeve that you're going to be working with, and uh, find out exactly how uh, these vehicles are going to be integrated into the movies. That's when our auto expert returns on the phone with uh, Jeremy Meadows from Nissan. 
keep your radio tuned to Como News. More Our Auto Expert is on the way. He's Nick Miles, and this is Our Auto Expert on Como News 1000, FM 97.7. Jeremy Meadows still on the phone with us uh, from Nissan. We're talking about uh, the involvement with Nissan in the new Wrinkle in Time movie that opens in just a few days from now. Uh, Jeremy, the, the you told us earlier the leaf was in, in the film. Uh, how does the leaf appear in the film? Does it? Please don't tell me it gets crushed or wrecked or blown up or anything. Well, no spoilers, uh, but what I can tell you is that uh, it, it, it's in seamlessly in the movie, uh, but it does not get crushed or crashed. I can, I can say that without giving anything away. All right, good. So so it's in the movie. Uh, now, you you guys have had a pretty good run in the last few months of uh, Nissan vehicles being involved with major movies. Uh, of course, it started off with the, uh, the Rogue One. There is still more uh, stuff to come in the Star Wars uh, fleet of films being released. I don't even know where we are. When you start to go to prequels, uh, I get lost. Because uh, initially we we have how many movies do we have now? Like eight, and there's another one coming, so that's nine, I think. But uh, anyway, what's the likelihood of seeing another Nissan or having Nissan involved in the uh, the next Star Wars movie? Well, you never know what the future may hold, and and uh, while we don't talk about too far of ahead projects that we're working on, what I can tell you is that we've been real excited to work with Lucasfilm on these last two Star Wars movies: Rogue One, the Star Wars story, and then most recently Star Wars: The Last Jedi. Uh, both of those movies gave us, a, and, and the relationships that we have with Lucasfilm, gave us an opportunity to talk about our technologies in a really fun and engaging way and connect with consumers in a fun way. So, obviously, we, we, we've seen ProPilot Assist um, on these new vehicles, uh, and, and, of course, the e-pedal. Uh, ProPilot Assist, if you had to s- summarize it, because it's hard, I, I guess that it's hard to explain to somebody what it does because it does so many different things, but if you had to summarize ProPilot Assist into simple uh, statements, of explaining what it does to somebody, what would that statement be? Well, one thing that we did with uh, with Star Wars The Last Jedi is that uh, we had this ongoing message that our technologies are like a droid in the craft that's there to help you. Um, there's always this interesting story, right, in most of the Star Wars movies about the pilot and the craft and the droid that's there to help them in their journey. And that's how we felt uh, was a good connection with us for the Star Wars movies is that people along for many years have had a strong relationship with their cars and our technology is like that droid inside that helps you on your adventure. So in the case of ProPilot Assist, uh, it's like acting like a droid or, or a very smart piece of technology that helps you enjoy your drive better. You stay centered in the lane and uh, not only keeps you centered, but even as you go on a bank on the highway, it'll turn the steering wheel for you. Um, in addition to that, if you happen to be in a heavy congested traffic, it will not only slow down for you relative to the car and the speed that and the distance that's in front of you, but even you can come to a complete stop and the car will resume speed for you. You literally can just relax and enjoy the drive. Hands yeah. on the wheel, though. Hands yeah, on the wheel. Of course, hands on the wheel. You know what would make it better <laughs> is that every time that ProPilot exists engaged, it made droid noises. Like, do 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 I would love that. That would be really, really awesome. Coming to looking towards the future, uh, do you think ProPilot will expand? Uh, will it be uh, on more models, and will we see it uh, encompass other things? Is this the really beginning of uh, Nissan's autonomous drive? 
Yeah, uh, ProPilot Assist is our first step towards autonomous driving. Uh, right now, this first step is about driver assist. That's the reason why I said hands on the wheel still, because this technology is not a hands-off system. It is a hands-on system. Uh, so you still need to be engaged. You still need to have your hands on the wheel, although you can relax your muscles a little bit more and not be so stressed and tense. Jeremy, thank you so much for uh, for explaining uh, Pilot Assist to those that didn't know about it. And let us know, too, if there's upcoming movies, Jeremy. We'll, we'll sure have you back on and talk about those. Sounds great. Homo News. There's more to come with Nick Miles. Stay tuned. Our auto expert will be right back. Como News. Time to set it on cruise control. This is our auto expert. Here's Nick Miles. Well, as always, we've come to the time of the show where we get Anton Warman on the phone. He is an independent invest- investor and anal- analyst. Uh, Anton, uh, way smarter than all of us in the studio together. Uh, let's talk about finances on this week's show, Anton. So uh, SoftBank, about a month ago, purchased a considerable amount of Uber, um, and I think 15% or so. They did, they did pay a premium for Uber. Why are they getting into all of these different ride-sharing and autonomous car companies? And do you think that they paid too much money? Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting time for SoftBank to get involved in buying these assets at near record valuations, considering the fact that many of the early investors, as well as the employees, can't seem to wait to want to get out and sell their shares. So I sense here that there's a bit of a thematic, fashionable type of investing from SoftBank in that they view this as a very big long-term gamble, not just on transporting people around, but eventually growing this into a parcel delivery business whereby they will be competing with the likes of UPS and FedEx over the long term. Because in the short term, if you look at it, uh, Uber just reported, even though they are a private company, that they lost some $4 billion in the year of 2017. And considering the fact that Uber is a company which doesn't own the vehicles and they have some corporate overhead. So how on God's green earth do you manage to lose $4 billion by essentially brokering some taxi services. That is an almost fantastic achievement and not in the positive sense. So so people aren't, they're, they're earning, you know, minimum wage or slightly above minimum wage. The, the company has a terrible reputation um, on the taxi side, on, on the ride sharing side, uh, f- on, on, from that point of view. And at the same time, uh, everybody's trying to get out of, of, the, the whole Uber platform, if you're a driver, people are going to Lyft and to Grab and to other companies. Do, you, do, how, how is this company going to survive? It seems like they're losing money on every ride. It, it seems a little bit like the Tesla model. If we throw money at it, we can fix it. Yeah, I mean, in all fairness, keep in mind that uh, Lyft is also losing an almost similar amount adjusted for the overall size of the company. The story right now between Uber and Lyft is that these two companies are locked in an epic battle of market share where their shareholders are willing to operate at negative margins and even negative gross margins in order to get market share, in order to, in the long run, dominate this business. And the question is, is that even a feasible 
outcome for them, even if they succeed in the short term and they were to become some sort of monopoly in the intermediate term, what is the proprietary lock-in value of any of these services longer term? I was just traveling in, traveling in Europe here in the recent days and week, and there are plenty of competitors depending on the city to which you go, and they all kind of look the same. They have a different app, but they all perform the same service. The lock-in value appears to be minimal. When you make an investment in somebody like Uber, though, you're not really investing in today. You're not investing in the current business model. You're investing in the future business model because part of that is the fact that these companies are developing these autonomous ideas where they wouldn't be uh, expensive a driver. They're also uh, developing uh, whole new softwares and uh, lots of uh, new car features that could be integrated into modern cars. So really you're investing in the possibility of them becoming a major force in the autonomous market field, right? Yeah, I mean, there are two vectors that I think investors in Uber are looking at. Uh, First of all, uh, moving not just people around, but also goods, in other words, parcels, competing eventually with the likes of UPS and FedEx. So that's one vector in which which this company could go. The other one is that uh, they eventually will obtain some sort of monopoly status. So the question is, to what extent uh, is any of these two scenarios feasible and uh, can they essentially recoup all of the losses that they're currently incurring. All right, Anton, when we return, we're going to talk a little bit about this uh, new investment made by uh, a company, Geely or Geely, who bought a big chunk of uh, Daimler. And does that mean the landscape of luxury cars and the landscape of the German automotive economy will be changing? We'll find out that when we return on Our Auto Experts. More Our Auto Expert with Nick Miles is coming up on Como News. Start your engines and they're off. Back to Our Auto Expert, Nick Miles. This is Como News. Anton Warman still with us on the phone. He's an independent investor and analyst. We're talking about investments uh, by car companies in ride-sharing and uh, also investment by banks um, in ride-sharing as well. Uh, moving from Uber and the discussion that SoftBank have bought 15% of Uber, another big purchase just recently happened in the last several days. Uh, big numbers for Geely, who have bought a huge chunk of Daimler. That's right. So in what appears to be one of the largest, if not the largest, investment in all of automotive history, and that history goes back well over a century now, uh, Geely, which is a Chinese company and its owner, uh, essentially purchased just under 10% of Daimler, the company that owns brands such as Mercedes. And they paid for that approximately $9.2 billion dollars. This is a purchase of Olympian proportions, and it comes after Geely recently had purchased Lotus in the UK. They just purchased a month or two ago a very large stake in Volvo uh, AB. That's not Volvo, the car company, but rather the independent Volvo, which uh, makes trucks and buses and uh, marine engines. And, of course, several years ago, Geely had already purchased Volvo, the car company, outright. So they've been owning that for several years now. In other words, uh, Geely is amassing an enormous set of assets in the automotive industry. Now, when we look at Geely as a whole in Chinese company, now they have uh, they have one 
to three investments in car companies uh, that's outside of China. What are they doing inside of China? Well, inside of China, Geely obviously has its own brand. And of course, they've also started not just selling and distributing Volvo cars inside China, but also started manufacturing Volvo cars inside China. Uh, they're exporting Volvo cars uh, via boat to the United States. Uh, and they are also now in the recent months starting to export cars via train across the Russia, basically, going all the way to Belgium to be distributed inside Europe. Uh, they've also launched a uh, new brand called Link & Co., which if you pronounce it quickly, sounds like Lincoln, but it's called Lincoln Co. And uh, this, comp this new brand has started um, uh, selling in China and will come to the United States and to some parts of uh, Europe within about a year and a half or so from now. So they certainly have a, a, a full boat of activities, both in their home market inside China and around the world. Anton Wallman, independent investor and analyst, thanks for joining us as you do each week. Uh, we'll, we'll reflect some of that in, in the millions of dollars that I'm investing in the, uh, in the automotive world this week. Unfortunately, I haven't got that sort of money, and uh, I'd like to, I'd like to uh, play with some of your uh, ideas and your, your stock tips or your information about, uh, about how car companies are doing. But uh, it's an expensive business with, these, uh, with the amount of money that you need to make money in the car business. I know that I talked to you last week a little bit, and you were saying that uh, F FCA was actually one of the stocks that had increased the most in the last few years. That's right. So FCA, uh, over the last 20 or so months, has gone from under $6 a share to wherever they closed the other day, some $22, $23 a share. So as a percentage increase in less than two years, uh, FCA has done pretty much just about the best of almost uh, any automaker that I can uh, think about there. I think my money's on uh, on Mike Manley, but we'll see. We'll see what'll happen. Oh, I couldn't agree more. I think that's uh, my money is firmly on Mike Manley as well. All right. Anton, thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you again next week. Keep listening. Nick Miles, our auto expert, is moments away on Como News 1000, FM 97.7. Como News 1000, FM 97.7. Jump right in and put the pedal to the floor. Our auto expert with Nick Miles continues. Well, thanks for listening to this week's Our Auto Expert. I'm Nick Miles. Uh, in the studio with me, Ryan Hennan and uh, Jen Jennifer Jenkins. By the way, I would I wish everybody to be involved in listening to what happens when we're not actually on the air during commercial breaks because these two argue about he said, she said. It's like, it, I feel honestly like dad having to... In fact, you know, no touching your sister while we're on the radio Ew. show. Ryan. Stay over there, Ryan. Uh, you guys, what did we learn in today's show? Anton's crazy, yeah, but apart from that, what else? He's also much more intelligent than all of us put together. If you put all of our three brains together in a blender... He's it would... got a grudge against Tesla. <laughs> a little bit. Maybe not. I don't Thing, I think he's just really super honest. Tells it from every single angle. I also learned that uh, Nissan Propilot and Propilot yeah. Assist. Yeah. Yep. Oh my God, that new Rogue. It is just like the Cadillac Super Cruiser. Wow, this is the guy the that I couldn't, when I first met him, he wouldn't shut up about Audis and now he's going I on know. about Rogue. I just love every time it. I see an Audi now, I'm like, Ryan, Ryan. Oh my God. All right, we'll save it until <laughs> next week. OurAutoExpert.com is the website. We'll see you again next week. Thanks. Stay connected. Stay informed. This is Como News.